welcome to Quirky, Creepy, and Freaky, a podcast where we talk about wonky animal facts. I'm your host, Olivia, and each episode I will bring you a different weird fact from the animal kingdom. First, before we get started this week, we have a bit of news. I've been working on expanding the podcast distribution to different apps and whatnot, so now the podcast can be found on Amazon Music and Audible, in addition to Podbean that we are originally on. Pandora is in the works, and um, Apple Music is also in the works. Spotify will happen as a bit more future goal. I'm going to have to upgrade my hosting services for that. Um, but anyway, that's all in the works, and updates will be given as they arrive. So currently, we're on Amazon Music, Audible, and then Podbean. So share us around. So then, going on into this episode... This week, we definitely have a creepy episode for you, and if parasites give you the heebie-jeebies, consider this your content warning. We are going to be talking about parasitoid wasps and all of their slightly horrifying creepy glory. The gory details of the parasitism don't come until towards the end of the episode, so I would encourage you to stick it out. I think these guys are really fascinating uh, animals. And there are so many species of them that do super weird, amazing things. It just wouldn't be possible for me to actually get all of them in this episode. So I would encourage you to stick it out until the end. I do kind of let you know when the more creepiness is going on. But if parasites really creep you out, then maybe you might want to skip this episode. You heard that, right? There are parasitoid wasps. Before you get completely freaked out, don't worry. These wasps pose no threat to humans. The incredible majority of them can't or won't sting people, and the ones that are technically capable of stinging will really only sting as defense. If you're sitting there really harassing them and generally mishandling them and poking them, so as long as you're not sitting there uh, poking and harassing wasps, uh, you'll, you'll be perfectly fine. There are a few critters that do have to watch out for these wasps, though. Each parasitic wasp species generally has a host that they specialize in, sometimes a single species, sometimes a group of closely related species, and these hosts include quite a lot of bugs like aphids, caterpillars, leafhoppers, your true bugs, so things like stink bugs and assassin bugs, and all sorts of flies, and even spiders in some cases. Now, you may have noticed I did say parasitoid wasp, not parasitic wasp. It was initially my understanding that they are parasitic, but when doing my research, I discovered that there is a difference between parasitoids and parasitic things. For both types of relationship, they are situations where the host does not get any benefit, and the parasitic organism gets all of the benefits, like food, reproduction, protection, all the good stuff a species would need to survive. The difference between a parasitic organism and a parasitoid organism is that parasites don't kill their host, or at least death of the host is not a guaranteed outcome. Ideally, the parasite really wants the host to continue living so it can continue benefiting from the host as a long-term sort of situation. Now, with a parasitoid, on the other hand, death is always an outcome, so definitely no benefits for the host there. Now, globally, there are hundreds of thousands of species of parasitoid wasp, the majority of them belong to two superfamilies of wasp, the chalcids and the ichneumonoids. 
there is quite a lot of diversity and most of them don't really look like what most people would expect for a wasp. They don't really look anything like paper wasps or yellow jackets that most people are familiar with. Some of them can be super tiny, as small as pepper flakes or even grains of rice, and others can be up to three inches long. In terms of shape, some of them would be much more recognizable as wasps and have very familiar wasp-like, ant-like body plans, fairly recognizable as a hymenopteran. Others have a much more modified abdomen or just general modified body shape. In some cases, they can be very elongated and the ovipositor, which is the part of the wasp that in other species is the stinging part, has also evolved differently in order to deposit eggs on the host species. For some parasitoid wasps, the ovipositor is on the shorter side, so if it really just has to approach the host and then lay the eggs, but in the case of wasps that have to stab through trees or soil in order to reach the host, their ovipositor or even just their abdomen can be quite long. To focus on a specific species, one that is fairly common in the United States is the American Polesinid wasp, or Polesinus polyturator. This is one that I've actually seen up in Maine, towards the downeast area, which is up along the coast as you're getting much towards Canada. They look very different from other wasps, so the fun part is that I was actually able to kind of look at them and watch them without the wasps triggering my wasp phobia, which is a super great bonus. I'm really happy I got to see these guys and just generally fully appreciate their existence. I really just love it when I can just fully appreciate a bug. So they are very dark, kind of shiny black. And these are some of the species that I mentioned earlier that can get up to three inches long. They're very slender, so it's not like if you've seen a, um, like a cicada hornet or some of what we have recently been exposed to as the murder hornets that are kind of chunky. These, uh, these wasps are very slender and their head thorax area is, I guess, kind of normal for what you would expect for a wasp. So it's just the sheer length of that abdomen that gets them to that size. They have a pretty wide range. They range from southern Canada on down to Argentina. And you can see them mostly in woodland and grassland areas, often spotted flying around in between shrubby sorts of areas. You really only see them primarily in the midsummer to early fall time of year, so this time frame that this episode is coming out is a perfect time for you to learn about these critters so you can go out and find them. Where exactly they will be found will often be affected by soil type. This could be because of their ability to puncture their abdomen and ovipositor down into the soil to get at their poor grubby hosts, or because the beetle larvae they target are often found in certain soil types or just a fun combination of the two. And as an additional extra fun fact for no extra cost to you, these wasps don't necessarily need males to reproduce. In some areas of the range, females are way more common, like as in the males only make up 2% of the population. So in order to reproduce, they actually reproduce asexually, and so they just lay eggs and they hatch. This process of asexual reproduction, where the egg is able to develop into an embryo without being fertilized, is called parthenogenesis. Parthenogenesis is not an uncommon process in the animal world, so I will most likely have a future episode that talks about it a bit more and features some other fun and maybe unexpected animals that use parthenogenesis. As I said, these guys parasitize grubs, which are beetle larvae. 
typically in the Philophagia genus, which I should have looked up how to pronounce that. So this includes your large scarab beetles like May beetles and June bugs that a lot of us in Maine are quite familiar with. These beetles have grub larvae that live in the soil, and these are the specific grubs that the American Pelecinid wasp targets. I couldn't find exactly what it is that they look for on the surface of the soil to locate the grubs. I couldn't find it anywhere. It's possible that no one really knows. But once they locate where the grub is, they shove their abdomen into the ground, look for a bug, and then when they find one, they deposit one egg on the larvae, then they take off, find another grub, and repeat. So this is now the kind of gross, potentially disturbing part you've all been waiting for. So if this is where you've been kind of listening for to maybe like pause if, again, parasites creep you out, here's your warning. So then once the larvae hatch, they burrow into the grub, and then as the larvae grow, as the wasp larvae grow, they eat that poor grub from the inside out. Uh, this might only be a little bit less mean if you are considering meanness of parasites um, than some other parasitic wasps or parasitoid wasps. They can actually do a little bit of mind control on their host organisms in addition to eating them, but that's a fun discussion for a future episode when I talk about some mind-controlling parasites. Once the grub has been consumed, the wasp larvae pupates and then emerges from the ground as a brand new adult Pelecinus polyturator. As an adult, other than the whole depositing eggs on grubs thing, they do much more normal waspy things like eat nectar from plants. So then that's the story for parasitoid wasps. If you stuck it out through the whole episode on our first parasit parasite discussion, congratulations! We will have a little bit of a break from parasites for a little bit, but as we do get closer to Halloween and spooky season, there will be another couple more parasite episodes thrown on in there. In the meantime, we are actually in a great time of year, as I mentioned, to find some of these American Pelecinid wasps. So get on out there and find your own parasitoid wasp. Thank you for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for the next episode being released next week. You can currently find us on Podbean and Amazon Music with more access points to come. If you have a favorite quirky, creepy, or freaky animal fact, email it in at quirkycreepyfreakypod at gmail.com and it may be featured in a future episode. Audio editing and recording done by me, Olivia Streit. Intro music created by Kaylee Streit. Check out her YouTube channel for some cello projects. Lately, she's been releasing Celtic music on the cello, so be sure to check that out if you are interested. Thank you for listening! <laughs>